Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You, and now here's Connie. Secret place where you can just let your sorrows and frustrations out, scream, cry, wail, whatever you need to do. Just think about that one for a bit. I wanted to take a few minutes to address the last Happy Healthy You podcast. By the way, I'm Connie Bowman, the host of this podcast, which is becoming a mature podcast as I speak. It's six and a half years old. How the heck did that happen? They grow up so fast. Anyway, back to the last podcast where I spoke about becoming spiritually mature. How did that one sit with you? Did anything hit home or even better yet, make you bristle? I like that second one. (laughs) If you were agitated about anything, I'd love to hear about it. What came up for you? Be specific. Be real. I'm a big girl. I can take it. This podcast will, I pray, build on the theme of that last one. I want to talk about good grief. I want to talk about secrets and the secret way we are molded into mature spiritual beings. It's very mysterious. There's even a very secret center to this podcast. Kind of reminds me of a peanut M&M. You know how you take a bite and you first taste the exterior, the candy, the sweet candy, and then inside there's that peanut. It's so great. I used to eat peanut M&Ms when I was in college and I had to write a paper and it would inspire me. And then I'd have to run. (laughs) I'd have to run an extra couple of miles the next day, but they were so worth it. Anyway, when you get to the center of this podcast, I think you'll know. But first, let's get to some business. I am super inspired by the kids who are taking the lead and standing up for the planet. Kids are amazing. Many of them are very, very wise and spiritually mature, regardless of their age. They should be leading us. And that's one reason why I wrote Super Socks. October 15th is the launch date of my new book, Super Socks. I'm so excited. It's got such a good story of acceptance and just celebrating our differences. Um, There's a little twist to it, and it's got a little intrigue and a little, you know, superpower theme thing going. Um, And we've got some fun things planned around the launch of Super Socks, including a video and a song that I wrote. Basically, I heard it in my head, and I wrote it down, and then I recorded myself singing it, which was horrible. (laughs) And then I invited the talented David Rowan, who also produced and shot and arranged the music of There's an Elephant in the Room for my first book, There's an Elephant in the Bathtub. Sorry, this is getting complicated. Anyway, David Rowan is just amazing. He is a 
singer, an actor, and a producer of some really amazing music. He's just as a such a talent in so many ways. Anyway, he brought in some of my favorite Broadway stars, including my daughter and my son-in-law and the incredible Desi Oakley, who's recently off of, well, the Waitress Tour and Chicago on Broadway, and Carolyn and Austin, who are my daughter and son-in-law. They're heading into uh, the Frozen, the first Frozen national tour. She will play Elsa and he will play Hans. So keep an eye out for them. Caroline and Austin and Desi and um, David Rowan are on the song. They recorded the song for me and the kids on the video are local kids from uh, my area, and they all came out to an elementary school. They gave an afternoon during their summer. It was unfortunately one of the hottest afternoons in the summer. Uh, gave their time to shoot a beautiful video, and I can't wait to share it with you. Um, David Rowan says, I'll have it any day, so <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so we gathered some of those kids, and we shot that video, and it will go with the book and the song, and hopefully we will be able to spread the word of acceptance and love and celebration of our differences. I didn't even know I was a rapper until I heard that little song in my head. Yep, the song is a rap. I love it. And I hope you and the kids in your life will too. So share it whenever you can. And buy the book and maybe even write me a little review on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or, you know, tell your local library to carry it. That helps too. Whatever you can do to Contribute to the cause. I would appreciate it. And you'll just be making the world a better place by doing it. So maybe I'll even share the song Super Socks at the end of this podcast. Okay, twist my arm. (laughs) I will also be teaching a yoga practice at an awesome retreat at a beautiful retreat center, uh, Claggett, in the foothills of the Catoctin, 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 in mountains on the weekend of November 15 to 17th. It's going to be a great way to unwind and build some spiritual muscle by learning and practicing some different spiritual practices. Maybe you'll learn something new, or maybe you've already tried all of them, mindfulness meditation. Um, We're going to work with some mala beads, and then there's my yoga class. I don't even know. There's probably more stuff than that. But um, yeah, maybe maybe you'll just practice some of the things you've already been practicing, whatever. The food is great. The center is gorgeous. It overlooks Sugarloaf Mountain uh, in Montgomery County, Maryland, and it's just beautiful. There's a labyrinth there and hiking trails, and um, just the people there are fantastic. It's a really good place to unwind and kind of forget about anything that might be on your heart and just come away renewed and refreshed. So I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you will join me in November. And all the information you need about the book, all the books, (laughs) the retreat, my yoga teaching, it's all on my website, ConnieBowman.com. So just check it out. And then there's a segue into the subject of this podcast, one more little note, uh, where I just remind you that I've created a course in collaboration with Insight Timer called The Process of Sacred Grieving. It's a 10-day exploration of uh, the grieving process to help us move more gracefully through those challenging stages that we go through when we are grieving any kind of loss. There's a community of people who share their experiences online with one another, and 
I've just been so humbled and overjoyed by the very personal things that the people who are taking the course have shared with one another, not just with me. So if you or someone you know is grieving a loss of any kind, check out Insight Timer and click on the Courses tab, and then look for Connie Bowman or The Process of Sacred Grieving, and you will find it. And there's also thousands, literally, you guys, thousands of free guided meditations on Insight Timer. It's a really great resource. Check it out. So back to the question that I started this podcast with. Do you have a place where you feel free to unload your burdens, to just let go and cry and grieve? If so, where is it? Is it a physical place? I'm talking about such a space, a physical place. We all need a place like this. I actually, I have a whole room. In that room, I have an altar. It's actually a windowsill with some little spiritual objects, some sacred artwork, a candle or two, um, some mini lights. I love mini lights. <laughs> and I just, I really love going into this room to meditate. Sometimes I'll go in in the morning and um, do a few sun salutations and pray and meditate and read. I keep all of my spiritual books in there. And when I enter that space, I feel so safe. Um, I can take my joy in there. I can take my sorrows in there. I can take my banal banalities in there. Is that a word? Banalities. My everyday self in there. I think other people can also sense the energy of the room. And sometimes people are just drawn in there. It's amazing. Especially Sophie, my chocolate lab. She loves to come in and lay down next to me when I'm meditating or practicing yoga or reading. Or praying. Now, a room is not a necessity. A closet is great. A closet will do. And actually, it would be great as you could really be loud. As I've learned in my voiceover career, clothes do a lot for uh, muffling sound. So think about this. We all need a place where we can be alone, especially with our grief and suffering. And perhaps even invite the God of our understanding to join us there. This is a sign of spiritual maturity, I am proposing. Richard Rohr, the author, and he's also the founder of Center, uh, the Center for Action and Contemplation down in New Mexico, he often has said that if we don't transform our pain, we will transmit it. Hmm. Think about that. If we're to grow spiritually, we must work on ourselves. We must find healthy ways to release the inevitable suffering of life. One of the reasons I suggested in the last podcast that we revisit the faith of our past is because there's so much to draw on in our faith traditions. But as evolving, maturing spiritual beings having a very human experience, we can see the faith of our youth with new eyes. Hmm. Do you remember Jesus talking about pouring new wine into old wineskins? How it just wouldn't work because we could burst the delicate, fraying, older skins? No, instead, we need new containers. With everything we know about science and technology, cosmology, 
Even new religious discoveries like the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Nag Hammadi texts, much of the ancient scriptures are dated, sexist, violent, disastrous, even offensive. There are stories of rape and murder and plagues and famines, natural disasters and brutal exploitation of vulnerable citizens, governmental power and greed. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? In the gorgeous poetry of the Psalms, we get a chance to wail and lament and physically and emotionally release the pain of living this human life here on this beautiful planet. That's somewhere we can go to work with our grief. And then the New Testament is an invitation to the good news that there can be a more evolved way to live. There is a hope there and a vision for a new way of living together, ideally more peacefully, more joy-filled, and more mature. (laughs) And that's just the Christian faith. I'm sure other faiths have similar beauty, history, and imagination. When you were a kid and you grew out of your old shoes, you went to get a new pair, right? I mean, they, they can only stretch so far and then they rip. It's painful to wear old shoes that don't fit. If you're lucky, your mom and dad or your grandparent would take you to the shoe store and help you pick out a new pair. I always loved the smell of Albi Shoe Store. It was on the corner of the shopping center near our neighborhood. We got all our shoes there. Well, it was the only shoe store in town. (laughs) Every year before school started, my mom would take us to pick out new Saddle shoes. I think I wore saddle shoes for a few years in the beginning. Penny loafers. Whatever the style was that year, I was lucky in that way. Oh, I can still smell the leather in the, that shoe store. Our spiritual life is not quite that simple. When I stopped believing that God was an old man in the clouds, it was kind of like Santa Claus, but not exactly. I didn't have anyone to explain to me in a meaningful way that I could try on a new way of reading scripture or praying or attending church services. I was confirmed in the Episcopal Church at the National Cathedral, for goodness sakes. That's a beautiful, huge, gothic cathedral in the middle of Washington, D.C. I sure didn't get it then. The rituals were beautiful and meaningful, all the smells and bells, but they were also a little scary. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Even after my daughter Megan died and my priest, who was at that time being considered for a bishop post, which she did later become, she didn't have very much to offer me in the way of growing into a new way of being a mature Christian. But that, in a way, as I reflect back, was kind of just what I needed to begin moving forward, maturing in my faith. I didn't, of course, really realize it at the time. But in hindsight, I can see how God was actually moving in me. When I wasn't getting what I needed from my church, I began to look elsewhere. I had a college degree. I didn't have Google. (laughs) I wish I did. I looked anywhere and pretty much everywhere for answers. Where was my now-deceased daughter? whom I loved more than life itself. Where was God in this? How am I ever going to heal from this loss? 
How can I help my family through it? As one of my heroines, Gloria Steinem, wrote in her book, Moving Beyond Words, God may be in the details, but the goddess, she's in the questions. We need details, of course, but we also need people to question. Healthy, mature spirituality requires a lot of questioning. Another way God was moving in my life was less obvious. Did you pick up on it? Because I sure didn't at the time. I had a female priest ministering to me during the worst crisis of my life. I'd never before met a female priest. I mean, they only <laughs> kind of barged their way into the Episcopal Church in the 70s. I considered myself a feminist. I believed in the Equal Rights Amendment, and I grieved its failure to pass when I was in college. I despised all of the inequities of our society, yet I didn't quite know what to do about them. Observing this female role model, this woman priest in the Episcopal Church, move on to become the second woman bishop, was impressing something on me. I may have been missing the bigger message at the time, but something was happening in me as a result of my experience of loss and my interaction with the church of my upbringing. God was there, whether I knew it or not. She, the bishop, and God, <laughs> was showing me how it could be done, how a woman could be both a leader and a nurturer, a faithful lover of God and a powerful defender of the disenfranchised. I was missing it on one level, but also, at the same time, absorbing it on another. That was very mysterious, <laughs> kind of like that peanut in the middle of an M&M. &M. Oh, it's a gift. We don't really appreciate it until we get right there to the center and really bite down on it. Side note, and yes, this is the secret center, the peanut in the center of the M&M that I referred to in the beginning of the podcast. This month, October, is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Did you know that one in three families will experience episodes of family violence? One in three. That's a lot of us. Family violence is the leading cause of injury for women, the leading cause of injury. Children are not safe in homes where there is violence, obviously, but for many complicated reasons, people stay with their offender, many until their death, at the hands of their abuser. Elder abuse is another worrisome trend with the aging of our population. There's a predictable cycle of abuse that includes a honeymoon phase, the tension buildup phase, explosion phase where the abuse happens. Then there's a remorse phase where the abuser apologizes profusely until they convince their victim to forgive them. They make up and things can be calm for a while and then the cycle starts all over again. Now, abuse can also be emotional, economic, spiritual, psychological, and sexual, not just physical. There are a lot of red flags that someone might be an abuser, like short, intense courtships, 
intense jealousy, isolation, keeping the victim from loved ones or family members, hypersensitivity and cruelty to animals and or children. The reasons become so complicated why victims don't report, but they just don't. Many will stay in these unhealthy, often deadly relationships out of fear, shame, and desperation. We know that the average number of times a woman tries to escape is 10. 10 times if they survive. We also know that the most dangerous time for a victim is right before he or she tries to escape. Listening to a podcast like this one or even making a phone call on their phone could be the trigger that leads to another beating or even their death. So the likelihood that someone would be listening to this who would reach out for help, it's just not there. But you, you, my friend, you are listening. Is someone you know or love in danger? Chances are you know someone. Is it you? There's help. Reaching out to as many people as it takes is what you have to do. Clergy, law enforcement, shelters are everywhere in every city, and they are ready to help. If you suspect someone might be in danger, or if it's you, don't hesitate to say something. Many people will hear this and do nothing. Even churches won't get involved for fear of losing parishioners. Well, that's just ridiculous. Just say something, anything. When it comes to those old stories in sacred literature about patriarchy and rape and violence and enslavement, those shoes, they just don't fit anymore. Even the stories about marriage and divorce and a woman's place, they're not relevant or helpful to a woman in an abusive, violent home. Like our old shoes, those old stories can be looked at as a sign of our maturity. We're growing up. We can see them for what they are, those stories of a people trying to make sense of a world in constant change, which is, of course, stressful and chaotic and even traumatic. That's not a reason to never wear shoes again, though. It's just time for shoes that fit. As social workers and specialists in family violence know, the most dangerous time is right before a woman is about to escape. We are all about to escape. We need to stick together. We need places where we feel safe and where we can wail and lament and release the stress of everyday life and those deep losses in our lives even the loss of what we once believed to be the truth. Each one of us deserves to have a place where we are safe to express our feelings of grief and loss, pain and struggle. In a happy, healthy, spiritually mature life, it means that we can move forward, healed and whole, and available to help others. In this way, we truly are one. As the line in my song, Super Socks, goes, everyone's different. We know it's true. We're all important. That's me. That's you. Keep on shining your light, friend. 
Super socks, super socks. Don't try to put me in a box. I wear my colors, I shine my light. Stand up for whatever is right. Ha, 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 ha. Wear super socks and you will land in a world that understands that difference great and difference cool at home at the playground and at school show the rainbow black and white make them different make them bright clap your hands make a beat bring all your friends and their colorful feet super socks super socks don't try to put me in a box i wear my colors i shine my When people see our feet, they will smile because they're happy. Love is gracious. Love is kind. Kindness spreads from our feet to our minds. Super sucks. Super sucks. Don't try to put me in a box. I wear my colors. I shine my light. Stand up for whatever is right. Everybody's welcome at the Super Socks table. Wear our socks to show we're kind. Help our friends to change their minds. Everyone's different. We know it's true. We're all important. That's me. That's you. We want to fit in. We want to have fun. Our difference melts away when we know someone. Super Socks. Super Socks. Don't try to put 